0: My brothers and sisters in Christ, grace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, of all the sermons I've heard through the years, there are a few that really stand out to me. One of them was on a Transfiguration Sunday many years ago. It had to be many years ago, because I remember being quite young at the time. The minister was an older man, a retired Lutheran pastor, Lebanese I think, who used to preach at my church from time to time when the pastor was out of town. He was tall and he was gaunt, and he had a very thick Middle Eastern accent, yet I remember that he was always very easy to understand. There he stood, in my mind's eye anyway, towering over the congregation repeating over and over the final three words of what the voice from the cloud said on Transfiguration Mountain. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Listen to Jesus, he said. Listen to Him. We'll come back to that theme in a moment, but first, there are a few of the highlights of the Transfiguration that I think we need to look at. Now if God is in the details, and I think that's so, then there are a few points that really should stand out to us in today's gospel. Our reading begins with the words, after six days. Usually we're so eager to get to the meat of the story that we zoom right past and we forget to simply ask, six days after what? Well, If we back up one chapter in the book of Matthew, we'll see that Jesus and his disciples are at Caesarea Philippi. Probably not some place you're going to vacation this year. Who do you say that I am, asked Jesus. It was Peter who responded. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, he affirmed. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. After that, Jesus began explaining to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, he must suffer and be killed, and on the third day be raised from the dead. Matthew writes, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. In nine short verses of the Bible, when he sought to turn jesus from the path leading to the cross jesus went f- i'm sorry peter went from being called the rock on which my church will be built to being called satan just like that well knowing this we can now see the transfiguration in the light of peter's insight and peter's failure as well as the unflinching promise of jesus in short glory and the cross really do mix suffering and promises of judgment are intertwined the cross and the glory of god are not at odds so six days later here are peter james and john together on a high mountain witnessing the face of jesus glowing like the sun and his clothing shining as white as light to sum up the moment quickly jesus is transfigured, he is changed, and we get a glimpse of the transfigured bodies that you and I are promised when Christ returns and we are all resurrected from the dead. You may ask why Jesus chose Peter, James, and John to be on that mountain that day. Well, they were certainly typically considered to be that inner circle around Jesus, and with Andrew the first to be called by Jesus to follow him. Yet even after this mountaintop experience of seeing Jesus transfigured, of seeing Moses and Elijah and hearing the voice of God, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself, even after all that, James and John would still stoop to quibbling about who would sit next to Jesus when he came to his his throne in paradise. And Peter, you remember, Peter would still deny even knowing Jesus in the garden the night before his crucifixion. Just like you and me, these disciples were fully capable of recognizing Jesus as the Son of God one moment and reverting to their sinful human natures the next. Yet God used them to start his church just like he uses us to continue it today on that mountain the disciples looked again and they saw Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus Moses representing the Torah and Elijah the prophets both of which pointed to the coming of the Messiah the Gospel of Luke says that Moses and Elijah and Jesus were speaking of Jesus forthcoming journey to Jerusalem which Jesus had announced, you remember, six days earlier and which would lead to Jesus' suffering and death and then to his resurrection. Well, if Jesus needed a boost, confirmation of his divinity before the dark days ahead in Jerusalem, his glorification by the voice from the cloud and his conversation with Moses and Elijah sure would have been the ticket. But there would be more A bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Here it was. Further confirmation of Jesus, the Son of the Most High, declared to to be the Christ both to himself and to his disciples, now publicly. This would be an important event because they would need it to sustain them in the dark days ahead as they watched the Messiah arrested, tried, tortured, and crucified. When Peter, James, and John heard the voice from the cloud, they did something that you and I would probably do. They fell to the ground in terror. And when they lifted their eyes, only Jesus remained. And yet between their falling to the ground and their rising to look up again, there is one more detail that bears, I think, a closer look. The gospel says, Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. Brothers and sisters, when life grinds you down and that load is just too much for you to bear, Picture yourself on that mountain with Jesus. Feel the touch of his hand and hear his voice say, Rise, rise and have no fear. And remember later when he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Remember how he promises never to leave us and never to forsake us. Well, Hearing and thinking about those words of Jesus for me, that always takes me back to that Lebanese pastor so long ago. This is my beloved son, said the voice from the cloud. Listen to him. Listen to him, that pastor kept repeating. Listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to him. Listen to the Messiah who says, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. Listen to the Son of God who calls us to be the light of the world, to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us and to do for others that which we would have them do for us listen to the master who commanded us to love the lord our god with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind this is the first and great commandment he said and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself i could go on and on and on and you wouldn't stop me because You love those words of Jesus too. Those precious, precious words. And even if you rarely darken the door of a church, even if you don't consider yourself a believer, you still recognize these words as words to live by, guiding the way we should love and care for one another. And if you do claim to be a believer, and you do proclaim yourself a Christian, Well, then you know the words of Jesus as the words of your salvation. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said. I and the Father are one. We pray. We worship. We read our Bibles to hear from God. Yet many times we find ourselves doing all the talking when we pray and doing all the thinking when we read leaving little, if any, space for God to get a word in edgewise. I know that sometimes I'm so centered on my own needs when I pray or when I worship or when I read the Bible that sometimes it seems I can forget God is there at all. Well, this Lenten season, instead of giving up chocolate and pastries or maybe in addition to that, I would challenge you to take a few moments, daily, weekly, whenever you can, pick a quiet place, close your eyes, relax, and ask God to speak to you. Hear the words of Jesus, and above all, listen to him. Let us pray. Lord God, On the Transfiguration Mountain, you made Jesus to glow. You affirmed him as the fulfillment of scripture and prophecy. You labeled him as the son in whom you were well pleased. And you bid us listen to him. As we travel with Jesus to the cross this Lenten season, may his words guide our lives as they assure us of our salvation. Hear us, O God, as we pray.